with. Hello and welcome to Dealt With Ashes Weekly. I hope you're all okay after a pretty traumatising couple of nights, to be honest with you. Today I have, of course, got Mr William Mumford, or Munners to you guys. And joining us is our favourite ex-Sussex fast bowler, Stuart Whittingham. I think first things first, we'll start with team selection. Munners, I know beforehand we discussed how it'd be pretty difficult for Joe Root and Chris Silverwood to drop both Broad and Anderson, and they went and did it. What was what was your thoughts on that as an England fan? I was shocked, Tim. Shocked to my very core. Basically, what you're saying is England's two best bowlers. We're like, and we're not talking just at the moment, are we? We're talking arguably all time, two of our best seamers. And you're leaving them on the sideline for what is, certainly to me, based on the last couple of years we've had, <laughs> the most important series I can think of in my lifetime. This is an opportunity to cheer up a nation that's been stuck indoors for two years. And they've done that. Outrageous. Absolutely, Tim. <laughs> so, Stu, t- talk us through. Obviously, Anderson was out during the week, but on the morning of the test match, Stuart Broad didn't make the final eleven. What What's that like as a bowler? No, it's uh, it's tough. It is tough, you know. Um, especially when you really expect you're going to be playing like probably Broad did. And I think it was, you know, I think it was what series was it that he got left out? And I remember listening to an interview and he said my body was shaking because I couldn't believe it. Can't say I've quite been there. But yeah, I've been in some dark places and, and I think you go through two sort of mindsets where you're just like, I can't, yeah, I can't believe it. And then depending on what you're, what you're doing, you either go, right, I'm going to do everything to help the team as 12th man, or I'm going to go and sit and sulk. But I don't think Bro would have done that. I think he would be a team player and, and, and really sort of help the lads out. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough gig that. You don't think Broad is sitting there pulling his hair out watching lads like at the start of the game when he knows that he has has the wood over David Warner bowling around the wicket and he's sitting on the sidelines watching lads going over the wicket. So he's like, this guy, he's in my pocket. Why am I playing? I'd, I'd be pulling my hair out if I was Stuart Broad. For me, it's that the Ashes is all about battles, individual battles between different people. That first battle is Warner versus Broad. That's the first one that's going to take place. And Stuart Broad's got the wool on him. It's like, let's get that easy win on the board straight away. Let's nick him off. And, and there we go. We're off and running. But they leave him out. I, I just can't get my, I couldn't get my head around it. It's, it's baffling, isn't it? Especially, I think the Australians had seven left-handers. And who's our best bowler to left-handers? Well, it's Broad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the speechlessness, it sort of says for itself, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then the next, the next bizarre decision is is probably a toss. It was overcast. It was green. We won the toss. I think the whole of the UK thought we we're going to have a bowl. Let's stick them in, give them a go. What What are you thinking as a seamer then, Stu? When you've got the perfect conditions and the batter decides, let's have a bat instead. So I thought about this, and I'm I'm thinking two. There's two schools of thoughts for me. There's one school of thought where I think to myself, all right, cup of tea, put my feet up, have a nice watch of the game, and chill out. But then there's obviously the, the side of me, the, the professional side of me that's thinking, you know, what are we doing? I want to get out there. You know, I want first use of that pitch, the new ball and, you know, get ahead of the game. So, yeah, obviously, you know, they'll be, the bowlers would have been disappointed. They might have been chuffed with, you know, going back for a, a couple of more slices of toast and a cup of tea, getting their trackies on. But they, it would only have been in a couple of hours. Surely they'd know that we were going to get skittled. It's not really a day where you feel, is it? <laughs> Absolutely shitting it about Pat coming. You, you know what? You can you can always hope, can't you? I mean, I've gone into every game, and we've where we've batted first and thought, here we are, day chilling, day chilling. 
but no, it never happens like that. And more often than not, the more you go in with that mindset, by lunch you're you're, uh, you're strapping your pads on, you're walking out there. You'd be fuming, wouldn't you? Um, talking of hope and being hopeful before the series, Munners predicted that Rory Burns would be the top run scorer this Ashes, which, in my opinion, is frankly ridiculous. What were, what were your thoughts after that first ball, Munners? And, and the barrage of abuse from Australians landed on your doorstep. Well, hold on, let's just rewind slightly here, Kate, okay? because right in defence of Joe Root, first of all, I understand that he has the Nasser Hussain thing hanging over him like a dark cloud. Although if he had looked up, he would have seen some dark clouds and probably should have bowled. Didn't plan that. That's just popped into my head. Should never have said it. I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> if, <laughs> he, so he's thinking, oh, I don't want to be another England captain who bowls first and they score 600. Whatever. I understand that. But he is absolutely stitched up Rory Burns there because regardless of what happens, that is he must be absolutely shitting it. Go knowing overhead conditions, Mitchell Stark, everyone's yelling. And it's true, when you go out to Australia, the, everything feels quicker, the pressure is more. There's, a, there's an atmosphere around the Ashes. Everything conspired against my prediction there, Tom, there Tim. Everything. You calling me time for? <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wound up by this. <laughs> Manu, I'm just I'm curious. Do you still think Roy Burns is going to be the leading run scorer for England? He's still going to get, he's going to get plenty of runs this series. And, so, and is, ask, is he going to be the leading run scorer? <laughs> you ask, you ask any Surrey fan. He's exactly the man you want when his back's against the wall. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to get a ton this series, definitely. Whether he goes on to be leading run scorer, I'm not sure. As every Australian on TikTok will tell you, I'm wrong. But God, it'd be nice. <laughs> God, it'd be nice. <laughs> he looked good on the pool. I tell you that in the second innings. The yeah, pool, he, I, he looked, I, I thought one. you were saying on the night out on the pool. Well, I mean, no, no, on the pool. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> It's, just, it's, it's unfortunate, you know. If Mitchell Stark had been considerate and just bowled one in the channel first up, we wouldn't be talking about this. So, yeah. To be fair, that's, yeah. It's, what do you, you don't expect that, do you, as an opening batter? You just expect someone to bowl a nice ball, swinging away, outside of stump. You leave it and everyone gets into the game and it's a nice start. But a leg stump half volley. It's like... That's it's a bit out of order, isn't it? It's a like, disgrace. What are you doing? Come on, man. This should be outlawed from the game, I think, though, to be honest here. Yeah, I agree. And, and then the bowling. I thought we actually bowled pretty well, to be honest with you. What, what are your thoughts on that, Stu? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think bowling's the problem. I think you've got Ollie Robb. He's proved over the last summer that he is a serious bowler. You've got Chris Wokes in the form of his life. And you've got Wood bowling 90 mile an hour. It's one of the best attacks in the world, in my opinion. Bowling, I don't think bowling's an issue. You know, you've got two guys that are proper metronomical, move the ball around, and then you've got Wood, as I said, bowling rockets. It's like it's a perfect combination. Did you, Did you think Ollie Rob would would do it out there? I did, I did, because we're not just losing losing your mind. Where when he's he's Ollie Robinson's got a three for, and Shane Warne's still banging on about him bowling ten clicks too slow. For Australian wickets, like what? What are you talking about? He's he's yeah. absolutely fine. Those Aussie commentators have been pretty poor, haven't they? You know, it feels like they're getting on the back of the England players. They're trying to create something, aren't they? Yeah. But that's classic Aussies, isn't it? That's classic Aussies. So you know, they they'll you know they'll give it the biggin until we come round second test and do them, and then you know they'll be they'll be in tears. So exactly, let's hope, let's hope for that. Exactly. <laughs> I think we've chatted a lot about the the bowlers. But I don't really think they're the issue. I think it's it's the batters. You know, I think the bowlers are fine. You know, you, we could play any combination really, 
and I think we'd be all right. But it's, it's the batting that needs looking at. And what are the options? Because I'm not sure. But, but that's the point, isn't it? What, what are the options? Do you put Crawley in there somewhere? Uh, Crawley and Lawrence are the next two off the rank. Bairstow, I suppose. I, I like Crawley because he's a bit of an imposing, you know, six foot four, I think, and he's a bit of an imposing figure, good on the short ball, plays strong shot. So I think he might do well. You know, so I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind Crawley coming in. Hamid, I think for me, just concentrates on surviving. So yeah. he's not going to take, he's not going to take the, the battle to them. But you know, then there's the argument. It's like, is he just going to blunt it out a little bit and make it easier for Root and those guys pose yeah. down the line? Would Would you rather Stuart sort of bowling to someone like? Hamid, who is, like you say, waiting for the bad ball and then maybe puts the bad ball away, or someone like Crawley, who's a bit more on the front foot, might give you a few more chances, but could easily put you away. Like, as a bowler, what, what would you rather? And what would Hazelwood, Cummins and Stark rather? Personally, I would rather bowl at Hamid all day long because I know that I can settle in. I can settle in against him. I can find the rhythm. You could, you could think you could settle in against him. He's not going to go after you. You know, you're going to bowl your areas. And I think that's the same with, with Cummins and Hazelwood. They've proved that they're so metronomical. that They're a joke, aren't yeah, they? They're an absolute yeah, joke. You know, it's going to take something pretty special to knock them off their, off their game, I think. And maybe I just, is Crawley the guy that's going to be able to do that? I'm not sure. But I think he's got a better chance of doing that than, than Hamid, for me. I also don't mind Bairstow doing that because Bairstow plays some strong shots. Would um, you put Bairstow up the top end of the order then? That's the difficulty, isn't it? it, it the, the issue is one, two, and three. Well, not three anymore, but one and two, isn't it, really? Yeah. And maybe yeah, yeah. six in Pope. Uh, you know, this is, I think this is, a, I think the selectors will be sitting in their, their meeting room doing the same thing, going, <laughs> I've got no idea, lads. <laughs> what should we do? Let's just pick some names left. out of a hat. <laughs> Let's put some names out of a hat and just move them around and see what order we come out with, like a Ouija board. Yeah, and hope we get 400 or something. That'll do. Yeah. Monus, do you want more, more Surrey, any more Surrey players to come in for I, you? Ideally, I think we could probably fit folks in there somewhere. But the... the, the Laurie the Evans kit... is out in Perth, so... Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm doing all right, I think, as well. I saw him the other night. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, it, it can't possibly conspire against us that badly again with the bat, can it? We edged absolutely everything. They caught everything. I know that's part of being good at cricket, but the the the, like, the, the weather, everything. The, it baked. It was a different. Basically, the first day of the test match was like playing in April in Scarborough, and then the last last three days of it was like playing normally as it would be at the Gabba. So, so why why are we why are we not bowling first then? Why, Tim, I've already said I don't know why that happened, other than the hoodoo of Nasser Hussain. But what I'm saying is it can't be that bad again. Stick with this batting order. Everything will be all right in the end. Hamid looked organised and good in the second innings. And Rory Burns is going to be top run scorer. 100%. Trust the process. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I feel like you're just saying words now. <laughs> They all do it though, isn't it? When we announced on our TikTok that we were doing this podcast, someone, some cheeky Aussie, put in the comments, I bet you won't talk about Mark Wood's Beamer. And we have someone here who, if anyone's listened to our full podcast with Stu, has a flat one in him. Come on, let's talk about bowling beamers. What is that yeah. like? Because that must be horrifying when it comes well, out of your hand. As you said, I, I've bowled a lot in my time. And I, I think I'm the prominent expert on beamers. 
Um, you know, and I think there's a number of reasons why they happen. And I was looking, I was thinking, why, why would bold that? And obviously, I think it was new ball. Sometimes it's a bit slippy, the lacquer's on it, that sort of thing. You know, and then there's another, you could, you could say it's, it's timing. So any guy that's trying to bowl as quick as they can, you know, if time is slightly off, the flat one, you're going to bowl the flat one. But yeah, it's not a nice feeling. It's not. It's it's probably yeah, probably one of the worst feelings I have had on the cricket pitch. And actually, the worst feeling is the next ball. Okay. Is when is when you know you've got a warning, and you're thinking to yourself, why have I just bowled a flat a flat one? And you're thinking, if I bowl another one, I'm out of the game completely. So yeah, I've had I've had plenty of occasions where I've tried to bowl a Yorker, gone flat one. Next ball, I've bowled a Yorker. The, the captain's come up to me and said. That was brave going for that Yorker again. I said I tried to bowl it halfway down, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's not a nice, it's not a nice feeling. And to be fair, it's quite funny for people if 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 no one gets hurt, it's quite funny. I think you know I, you see you saw Marnus Slavishane on the side laughing. So yeah, you know as you see, it's yeah no one means to do it. Uh, it's embarrassing for the bowler, but yeah, it's it's you know. It's, it can. There's a bit of there's a bit of humour in it, I reckon. So what what's worse, the embarrassment or the fear? The fear when it leaves the, the hand. The fear when it leaves the hand, or the embarrassment, sort of 10, 30 seconds after. For me, it's the fear of the next ball. Okay. Thinking, oh god, am I going to bowl another one here? I'm out of here if I do. Um, and then the embarrassments if you actually do get warned off, which has happened a couple of times to me. And that's, that is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> have you been walked off, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warned off, I think, I think twice in a season. I think they, uh, I think the umpires called me in and said, you know, what, what's going on here? Why are, you, why are you getting warned off? Are you doing these on purpose? I said, hold my hands up. I was like, genuinely, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, some, some guys just have a minimum. Uh, Wood obviously does. But yeah, no. It's... Just um, just quickly going back to that point about Marnus Lavishane laughing his head off when it happened. That is more evidence to me that that bloke would be like just no idea how to read a room whatsoever. There is a whole Aussie bench all looking like they're genuinely concerned that he's in big trouble <laughs> and he's laughing his head off in the middle of all of them. And he's just non-stop in the field as well. Doesn't shut up. Anyway, I'm I'm upset about Marnus Lavishane as well. Uh, Tim even. I'm with you there, man. I'm with you. He's the most infuriating cricketer I think I've ever watched. Oh. I think, you know, I, if I was bowling to him and he was doing all that no-run business, that would piss me off. More oh. than anything. He's know. a clown, isn't he? He's an absolute he clown. What a cricketer, but he's just a clown. Yeah, he don't need to do it. He don't need <gasps> to do it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I saw him. I tell you what, one, one time playing for Glamorgan, I saw him warming up and he was, char he was doing this drill and he was charging around the place. And everyone was like watching him, like, what is he doing here? This is the biggest carry on in a warm up I've ever seen. Um, massively intense. What was um, he doing? Oh, like rolling around on the floor, dive. Like, obviously, you got to dive and stuff in fielding, but it was uh, there was so much there was so much on it. Do you know what I mean? Was he loud? Was, was he proper loud? loud yeah, proper, proper loud. Just looking over at him, like this was before he played for Australia. It's just like bloody hell, this guy. What, what's going on here? He did end up scoring two hundreds in the game. Um, so maybe maybe this is that's what you got to do to do to do that. You've got to be intense. <laughs> is this is this before county umpires figured him out and just started triggering him every time he walked out the bat? That's yeah, probably... I think this was the season the season before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I wouldn't call it figured him out. They've just decided they've had enough of him, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they just I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, isn't it? How, how bad his average is in England. And it's, it's I've, I've heard from multiple sources within the game that it, that it's purely because the umpires cannot stand him and they're just waiting to trigger him as soon as it's on the pass. So, yeah, the third innings, obviously England showed a bit of backbone, a bit of fight. It was funny, our comment section changed from Aussies on the front foot to Aussies on the back foot, saying how much they respected us. It's a bit weird, that, isn't it, really, after, what, two sessions? But, Mon, as, as an England cricket fan, do you, do you feel a bit naive or a bit silly for for believing that we might we might just pull off something spectacular no I don't think so I think it's just part of the being an England cricket fan isn't it even even at a point last night when I'm like Stokes and Butler at the crease and and every sensible cricketing opinion would tell you this game is over and I've turned to my dad and I've gone dad these these two can both get get 150 here can't they (laughs) They like they they can genuinely get 150, here and we could uh, we could be. I mean, they, they might we might we might even force them with an awkward chase. I just think like if you're not doing that, what is the point of watching? Because you've got you've got to have a hint of belief. And also, this Australian side, we know when they're under pressure, they crack. We've seen it at least twice. Well, definitely just twice against India once and against England at Headingley. We know that Tim. I mean, that's brave words considering we've seen England crack twice already well, in one no. test match. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though, Manners, I don't think that's you know, I don't think that's too far away from what could have happened because if you think about it, some of those Aussie bowlers haven't played since I think they some of them saying their last first class game was in January or something like that. You know, and then they've they've had a day in the dirt and then they've got to pull up the next day, they're gonna be stiff, sore. So I don't think it was unreasonable to think that because if they, you know, if we'd have come in and got through that first hour. I think they would. I think Root and Milan would have really dug in, and, and as you said, they'd have both had one fifty. We'd have we'd have had a lead of maths isn't great, but two hundred, three hundred, whatever, and we would probably would have skittled them. So yeah, I, you know, man, I don't think you're too far off it. Though. I love to hear it. So, so there is subjective <laughs> cricketing knowledge behind my my raw belief, Tim. I tell you, there you go. <laughs> right, I've got no cricketing knowledge. I've got no cricketing knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so then Munners, yeah, as as the most positive England fan in, in 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 the world, do we have a reason to be hopeful for Adelaide? I'm gonna take you back to South Africa, Tim. We've just been bowled out for 180 and we lose the first test shockingly bad. This is our tour of South Africa, 2019-2020, I believe. We go on, we win the next three tests, right? That England side was written off in the dirt. Exactly the same thing could happen here. Right, we're going to Adelaide. We've got our two best bowlers of all time, arguably rested and ready to go. Pink ball under lights, it's going to swing. I know Australia have never lost a pink ball test match, but don't worry, we're going to out bowl them. All right, that's a fact. Where else am I going with this? No Warner. Warner's not going to play. Hazelwood's definitely got a niggle, otherwise he would have bowled the day before yesterday. He would have bowled, and he didn't bowl. So Hazelwood's um, maybe, maybe he won't get a full set of overs out of him. I genuinely think there's a lot to be positive about here, Tim. We're winning the second test. I want to go to war with you, mate. <laughs> I'll be there as well. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be behind you. <laughs> Let's a, march little on bit further, a little bit further back, but I'll be behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Get as close as you like, Stu. <laughs> and then in terms of, in terms of the, the nitty-gritty, the selection, what, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, so I think... Is, is Anderson fit? Do we know he's fit for this, this 
for this one. I would, I'd imagine so. I imagine they were arrested him. They did say he was fit. He, they just didn't select him, which is a bit odd. But I'd imagine he's fit. I sincerely hope he's been in an oxygen tent since they found out there was something wrong with him. <laughs> the donkey placebo they used to use on footballers get them for, <laughs> killing donkeys. Wayne, out Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's met a wasn't it? Yeah, just get mm-hmm. the, the donkey stuff on it. <laughs> <laughs> He had Yuri Geller on GMTV trying to cure his cure his his injury from distance as well. But anyway, get Yuri Geller in then get him flown over. I I don't know I don't know what you guys think, but I, the only sort of way I'm going to go is that Jack Leach drops out, Broad comes in, you know, or Anderson. I don't you know I don't know if you you drop Wokes or Woods. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know. I think Ollie Robinson's a shoe in. He's got to play. Got to yeah. So it's just how you juggle that. And I think, for me, you, you lose the spinner because do you see him having that much of an impact? I don't think so. Well, what's, what's the benefit of him bowling at the moment? He's not, he's not holding up and ending. He's not taking wickets. No, and yeah, we haven't and, got and, enough runs on the board for him either. That, that's yeah. another point. Like, if he's yeah. a spinner, and he's not, to be fair to Jack Leach, he's not bowled all year, basically, for two years, basically. Yeah. And you've got to have runs on the board for a spinner. And he's not, he's not, He's not as good as Lyon at holding up an end. That's for sure. So I, I agree. Li- Li- Lyon's the best spinner in the world, you know. So he's not going to be. No, is he? No, so, he's not. I, yeah. I also don't think Root captains in that well. But I mean, that's for for another time. I think uh, that's just me winging. One bizarre thought I had sat up late at night, as you do watching the Ashes, was whether I know we can't pick him up, but if you were to get Livingston in and play him at six as a part-time off-spinner and him and Root share the spin together. I know it's left field, but what would you thought be on that? Well, so we've got Livingston switching between his offies and leggies in a test match. Yeah. Why not? And you're Why back, not? You're back, so you're then two, you, are, you so, from, are, you, are you from Lancashire by any chance? I, I am from Lancashire, but I don't particularly like Liam Livingston. I'm happy to put that on record, but he's a good cricketer. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> So, so yeah, no, but, but I, what I was thinking is that that allows you to play four seamers, four, four seamers, and then Root and Livingston share part-time offies, and it doesn't particularly affect your batting, whereas when we go to four seamers, you then might have to put Wokes up to seven, for example, four seamers and a spinner. I'm just, I'm just you know, trying to figure out ways of... I don't, of I don't it like work. it, Tim. No, ridiculous like idea. Shut the fuck up. I don't like Livingston as a Red Bull batter. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like him as a Red Bull batter, you know. But I just don't think he'd. I don't think he would. Maybe he'd be up for. I don't know him, but you know, he's 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 going to earn so much money playing T Twenty cricket around the world. You know, does he really need? Does he need to be grinding it out? You know, in Adelaide, facing Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark. Nah, he doesn't. He just needs to be bombing sixes in T Twenties around the world, earning shed loads of cash. Living a nice, I think I saw on Instagram he's had a nice holiday in Dubai after the T10. You know, fair play to him. I think that's what he's got to do. It, it sounds a lot funner than getting peppered by Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And this, yeah. Is, this is what this is what stitched up Butler's test career to a certain extent is when is this England side ever 200 for two and, or 203 or four? And then you, your middle order's coming in and it just gets to twat it. It just doesn't happen. So Livingston's going to be trying to get us out of holes. It's not for him. I agree. Go on holiday. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks, gents. 
we'll be we'll be trying to do this after every test match basically so so do subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on do give us a follow on twitter instagram and tiktok we are dealt with cricket thanks for your time runners and thank you Stuart. cheers guys it's great five stars Bye.